0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void more prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is Brent Musburger's Countdown to Kickoff on VEASAN, the sports betting network.
2: You are looking live at the South Point Casino sportsbook. The punters are marching in, ready to attack the National Football League playoffs. And the numbers put forth by the head bookmaker down here, Chris Andrews. Chris, welcome to the playoffs. Uh, there's simply
3: nothing like this time of year. Oh man, I love and the way they did it this year. Two games today, three tomorrow. Cap it off with. Great drama on Monday night with uh, Tom Brady and the Cowboys. Always great drama. And Brady has never, as in ever,
2: lost to the Cowboys it Never is a long time, <laughs> isn't it, Brent? <laughs> you know, uh, obviously weather is very important around the National Football League uh, this time of year. And, and all week I was hearing, oh, my goodness, it's going to be the end of the world Saturday and the uh, San Francisco 49ers-Seattle Seahawks game in Santa Clara, California. Oh, my goodness. We are going to have what rain, what wind. I said, I've got to get my guy Kevin Roth of Roto-Grinders up here. He's the only one who ever knows what's really going on. (laughs) Kevin, welcome to the NFL playoffs, my friend. Set us straight on what the Seahawks and the 49ers face in game one of the playoffs.
4: Thanks for
5: having me. I appreciate it. And you're right. Look, the, the narrative going into it was this heavy rain, those atmospheric rivers bringing the downpours and the winds. And we've already seen that today. But that's cleared out. This morning, you know, they got that heavy, heavy rain. They got 30 to 40 mile per hour wind gusts. And you likely saw those beat reporters and the field reporters posting videos of it. Well, that whole system is now cleared east. We're done with that part of the rain. All that's left for the rest of the day are just some scattered showers. I do expect it will rain in this game, but without those accompanying winds, I don't think it has a huge impact. Uh, You're talking about a 10 mile per hour sustained wind Wind gusts 15 to 20, yes, the rain matters. But I'm not that scared off of it, and I'm not hammering the under because we don't have the winds to go along with
2: it. Uh, stick right with us, Kevin. You know, Chris, i got to tell you, no one hammers the under quite like Kevin Roth <laughs> when he thinks that the weather, especially the wind, is going to be a factor. But give, give me an update on what you have seen with the action here at the South Point on the Seahawks and the 49ers. Well,
3: it's funny you mention it because I opened the total 43-and-a-half, and they've uh, played me the under pretty good. Uh, I'm down to uh, forty two yeah I'm down to forty two although recently I saw a little bit of money starting to sneak back over so they probably got weather reports similar to what Kevin has uh, but I opened the game ten and a half we're down to nine and a half I got sharp money on the dog so they're looking for uh, if you go by the the number movement they're looking for a closer game. I don't know if the weather's all of it but they're certainly looking to be a part of it uh, so open ten and a half we're down to nine and a half sharp money on the dog. I even got some sharp money on the uh, on the money line. So money line, total, taking the points. Kevin, I want to uh, also ask you about the game down
2: in Jacksonville. Uh, any any bad weather in the forecast, or is there going to be uh, good going uh, tonight for the rematch between the Chargers and the Jaguars? No, it looks pretty
5: good. I mean, it's cold by Florida standards, but it's still going to be in the 40s, light winds, uh, you know, a
2: 10-mile-per-hour wind. No issues there whatsoever. Okay, and then uh, tomorrow we've got a couple of cities where they can always have cold temperature, freezing rain. That'd be Buffalo and Cincinnati. Uh, anything in the forecast for tomorrow?
5: Yeah, I'm a little bitter about this. You know, you get a playoff game in January in Buffalo, and you'd think I'd have some goods for you here <laughs> with some <laughs> snow or some some wind. But really, the weather could not be any better by Buffalo standards. Uh, temperature of around 30 degrees. So yes. Temperature-wise, it's freezing, but calm winds, no precipitation. Uh, Cincinnati, another spot where you mentioned, yeah, they certainly can have ugly weather this time of year. But the weather looks pretty good. In general, cold temperatures just have a very slight correlation to overall scoring. And in order for me to be excited about it, it's got to be real cold. I'm talking single digits, um, and we're not there with a temperature at 30 in Buffalo. So uh, no major impact in those games.
2: Tell me, you're going to go the whole wildcard weekend without one special under from Roto-Grinders' Kevin Ross? How can that be?
5: I'm disappointed about (laughs) it. If there's one thing that I do like, I do think that rain could be building in a little bit in the second half of the, uh, the San Francisco game. So if you forced me, I'll take the under in the second half of that game because I do think the weather will be worse then as opposed to the first half. Uh, But I'm just hoping next week we get some stronger winds and some really good
2: stuff for me. (laughs) Kevin, we'll check in with you next week. Thank you so much. Always great to hear with the latest weather forecast. And, uh, Chris, no one follows it any better than
3: Roto-Grinders. Kevin Roth, I'll tell you. That's great. I wish we could get some colleges to play with some weather once in a while with the bowl games. I really do. That would be nice. Uh, If they expanded the playoffs, I'd love to see – some of these Southern teams go to Columbus, go to Notre Dame, go to Penn State. Let's see how they do in the weather. And, you know, the first round, we are going to have some home games for I, sure. Yeah, and well, let's, see know, let's see what happens. I'd like
2: to see it. You know, I want to go back to the uh, the first game on the schedule because I think the quarterback situation is is very interesting because if there's one thing we have learned through the years is you don't want to put too much trust in, A, a rookie quarterback making his first start, or in Geno Smith's case, just his first start in the playoffs, period. But everybody seems to think, okay, Brock Purdy, yeah, he's won all five games, hasn't cost him anything. I think the public's looking past that a little too quickly. But, I, but I'm interested in your point of view on and the quarterback situation. Well, I think
3: that's a really interesting point. Uh, I, I could tell you this. From what I've read, and a lot of it is reading mm-hmm. between the lines, I think the 49ers are very high on this kid. They really like him a lot. They like his poise. They like his arm. They like everything about him. But that rookie quarterback uh, in your first game, now it is at home, and that's got to help. Uh, the weather, you know, may have some significance to it. But, you know, let's not underestimate Seattle. Uh, I mean, Geno Smith has been around, even though he's never been in a playoff game. He's got a great veteran coach who's won at multiple levels. Uh yeah, And you. I can see why the wise guys have come in on the dog in this game. I think that's a lot of points. And when it opened, I told them, I said it's like a mountain to climb in the NFL. It really is. And, yeah. uh, you know, it looks like guys agreed with that. And and one other further point I want to throw on Brock Purdy. By the way, I, have you ever been
2: to Ames, Iowa, folks? I have been. Well, not going to bother Brock Purdy. I don't think it will, no. <laughs> okay. Right. But, Chris, there is one situation that he hasn't faced, Okay. And stick with me on this. If you get down two scores, nine points in the NFL, or let's say that somehow the Seahawks move out to a 10 nothing, that changes everything. Uh, now, I know Coach Shanahan is going to come and try to run the football for two reasons. First of all, no one runs the ball any better than San Francisco, and no one defends the run any worse than Seattle. So that's got to be your game plan. When he falls behind in this game, we haven't yet checked out Mr. Purdy under pressure. Your thoughts about that?
3: Well, I think that's, that's a very valid point, and I think that, you know, it, listen, in, in the playoffs, bad things are going to happen. I mean, in any football game. Sure, for sure. For, for, for the most part. Yeah. Bad things are going to happen to you. Uh, well, that, that pressure's turned up a notch, though, now, because you lose this one, you're going home. You lost a couple weeks ago, you still had a shot. You were still in the playoffs. But now it's a little different. Uh, like I said, I can understand why the wise guys have come in on the dog in here. Uh, like I said, Geno Smith has not been in playoffs, but he's he's been around. And he's faced adversity during uh, his career. So I don't think the adversity is going to uh, bother him that much. We'll see if he has the talent to overcome it. That that could be a question.
2: Yeah, and the one negative thing about Geno, um, he started to turn the ball over down the stretch. 11 turnovers in his last nine games. That's yeah. certainly worth thinking about. However, there's a positive side. It was just revealed um, CBS Sports has broken the story that they're going to pick up Geno Smith's contract one way or the other. They'll either franchise him or sign him to a new contract. So obviously making the trade of Russell Wilson to Denver, they have a very high first round pick and they have a second first round choice. But if they don't move for the quarterback, they can fall back on Geno and they've still got uh, Lock as, as a backup up there. Yeah right. that that is a, when when a quarterback hears that you're going to get his money next year, that takes that pressure off Geno today. That relaxes him just just a little bit. So we shall see. Now I I mentioned in stats about San Francisco, Chris. The 49ers have surrendered only 77. Point seven rushing yards a game. Now, I know the Seahawks are armed with a good rookie running back, but good luck against that 49ers front.
3: You know, everybody, every squad that we look at is going to have some very serious strengths. I mean, that's how they that's got here. Uh, you know, but between coaching and talent and game planning and all that, you have to try to overcome that. I mean, everybody's got a tough game this week. Even, you know, you look at Buffalo. What are they, 13 and a half point favorites? I'm sure they're sitting there saying, you know we got a challenge in front of us. These guys aren't just going to roll over and die for us. You know we got to go out there and win. And I think every team's going to have to look at that.
2: And and you mentioned it early. You said Pete Carroll, great experience, yeah, great winner, puts puts together a good game plan. So we'll see what happens in that first game. Now, let's go to game two because I think we do have a coaching mismatch. Uh, I hate to be so critical of the of the Chargers yeah. staff, but well. Brandon Staley has just done some of the goofiest things that I've been around. And that I've watched on television and uh, the Chargers were beaten badly by the Jaguars was week three of the season. What, What do you have for numbers on this game?
3: Well, you know, first of all, I opened the game pick. I really thought pick was a good number and I felt the same as you. And I think I said it on Gil Alexander's show. There is a big coaching mismatch here. Now the quarterback mismatch is probably not as bad as it was. If we'd have looked six, eight weeks ago, you know, uh, you know, Herbert, I, you know, listen, I love the kid. Everybody in the league loves the kid. But Lawrence has really come along, and I think a, lot, a big part of that is the fact that he has Peterson coaching him. And uh, I think this team, uh, I thought Pickham was a very legitimate number. We had gotten – I had some early money on, uh, on the Chargers, but then throughout the, the rest of the week – no, I, I take it back. I had some early money on the Jaguars. Then through the rest of the week, it's been Chargers. But now I'm starting to get some money back on the Jaguars. I think I think Pickham is yeah. probably the right number in this game.
2: Yeah, you know, you can't look past Staley playing Mark Williams last week uh, when yeah. it meant
3: nothing. And Big now mistake. he's without him.
2: Yeah. Broken, very small bone in his back. Where he's the deep threat for the Chargers. Yeah. Chris, thanks a lot for taking uh, time away, man. Great seeing you. The punters are lined up. They're yeah. coming. I got to go back to work. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Chris Andrews top bookmaker here at the South Point of the South End of the Strip. Countdown continues live.
6: So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
2: Step into the world of power,
3: loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at
2: Chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family
6: vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus
0: this is brent musburger's countdown to kickoff on vson the sports betting network
2: well, welcome back to the opening day of the Super Wildcard Weekend of the National Football League. And we go from the South End, from the South Point Casino, up to the Circa Casino. And Countdown welcomes in the Circa owner, Derek Stevens. And, of course, his right-hand man is there. Oh, as I look at that picture, his left hand, whatever. Anyway, uh, Derek, I love the picture of your guys from Detroit coming in and winning the Circa Million and celebrating with you. That was some show to have a gang from the hometown wrap up the million last week.
7: Yeah, Brent, you're right. That was one heck of a heck of a final uh, final game uh, of the NFL season. And for us, you know, with Circa Millions right there, having a group that was tied for second going in, and then they... Uh, they came out and they, it all came down to the final game of the season. A bunch of Detroit guys took the Lions, uh, you know, a, a dog on the road at Lambeau, and uh, and pulls off uh, this unbelievable victory. So it was a lot of fun being around them, the uh, the 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 sweat that we had and the and the fun. It was really really an amazing amazing evening. And uh, Mike the Survivor also came right down to the end, my friend.
8: Yeah, you were right with your concern about that Colts pick last Sunday morning <laughs> uh, when you expressed it on the show. First of all, so happy for you. You get to go hang out with all those Hall of Famers down at South Point. Uh, say hello to Vincenzo for me. Anyhow, um, we last night had our, our awards ceremony here in the ballroom, uh, or down the street at the D in the ballroom. So for the top 12 in the millions and, and then the two that split the survivor, Brown and Jed, pretty incredible both stories. Brown A is a guy named Stephen Brown, who lives in Henderson, he had one entry. It was by himself, no partners, but one entry and went 20-0 and 0 with that one entry. And then the other group, Jed, is named for the wife of one of the five guys, Jessica Buckmiller, they call her Jed. So it's her husband and four of his friends. So they all got up there, so they split the, their three million five ways. But their story is, I don't know what week it was, five or six, they had nine entries left in their conglomerate and they failed to turn in a pick on seven of them. They only put in two of their nine selections, so they had to go like the last 14 weeks with only two, and they got home as well at 20-0. and 0. But think about you threw away seven of them. We always talk about how can people not get their picks in? It happened with that group. Oh, what a, what a great
2: story. But you are so right. I always got my picks in, even though I got eliminated, you know, early in the year. <laughs> uh, so, Derek, we come to the weekend. We start today with a couple of wild card games. Uh, as Kevin Roth just told us, the weather is not going to be as bad as has been reported all week in San Francisco. We've got the 49ers. Third game this year, they have swept the Seahawks, and then later we have the rematch. The uh, Jacksonville Jaguars went west and defeated the Chargers easily in Week Three. What well, what are you seeing action-wise at circa with our two wild card games on this Saturday?
7: Well, first thing I can tell you is that is the volume of the action. Let's focus in on that for a second. I mean, the sports book behind us is packed. The lines are deep in, at the windows, like it's Super Bowl Sunday right now. So this is this is going to be a terrific Super Wild Card weekend. Right now, what we've seen, we've seen some early, early uh, Seattle money. Um, right now, the house uh, at Circus Sports. We need the 49ers just to win the game. Um, we've taken a lot of Seattle money line play, and uh, and we, we've seen a, a decent amount of Seattle plus a nine and a half. I'm a little surprised about it, but uh, but maybe the weather had something to do with it. That people think that you know the weather may. May uh, may neutralize the game a bit, but it's been Seattle money so far. In the late game, we have seen um, a good amount of Chargers money, so that that's really that's where it's been going. All morning long, um, we, we've seen Chargers money. We, we've seen a lot of six-figure bets on Chargers that have come in. We've had to shade. We have had to shade the two and a half now a little bit because the money's coming in. So so far, it's been Seattle, and it's been the Chargers on today's games. Mike, uh, who do you like in the two games today?
8: I, uh, I bet a Moneyline parlay on Sunday night, Brent, that included Georgia, San Francisco, the Bills, and the Bengals. So I, I need San Francisco to win. We're going to need one of these three big dogs to cover the teaser for some teaser protection. So, you know, that that's the play. The main plays are the Moneyline parlays and the teasers. I tell you, though, in this first game, and I, you know I'm not a big prop player, but they've exposed me a lot to your, your friend Danny Burke there in Chicago. who has got me to look at more props I'm interested in this Kenneth Walker over 15.5 carries prop because I still think Pete Carroll's want to control this game and run the ball, whether they're successful or not. We saw him in Kansas City, down two scores in that game, continue to run the ball well into the fourth quarter. I don't think they're going to have Geno Smith throwing the ball 45 times. So I think that's an interesting look. Hey, the second game, I have no idea what's going to happen. I just think it's really interesting. Staley plays all the starters. Mike Williams is out, and the line hasn't budged at all, which goes, speaks to Derek's point. There's plenty of charge your money to keeping this number from going down, and maybe it even hits three before kickoff.
2: Yeah, very, very interesting. Now, there is a, a development regarding uh, tomorrow's middle game in Minneapolis between the Vikings and the New York Giants. And I want to point this out that uh, Justin Jefferson, the great Viking wide receiver, against the Giants, he had 12 catches for 133 yards. Tied in T.J. Hawkinson, whom the Vikings got from the Lions during the year, had 13 catches for 109 yards. However, the Giants were missing two key members of their secondary, and we get word that both of them will be back for the Giants tomorrow. Adoree Jackson, Sideline with that knee injury since late November. He will start this week and also the great safety and that's Xavier McKinney and he will be ready to go too. He will be in that secondary. It could make things tough, but for Viking fans, I want to point this out and I, I have been in this arena. This is one of the fiercest home stadium advantages in the National Football League. That's how noisy it is at U.S. Bank Stadium. It opened back in 2016, okay, and they, the Vikings have a 40-win, 18-loss record in that stadium, and the only team in the NFL with a better record during that period, the Green Bay Packers, 45-16-1. So, Derek, as we take a look at Sunday's triple header, I will start with that game between the Giants and Vikings, but every place – Every place I go, people are saying, give me the Giants with the points. Give me the Giants with the points. There is absolutely no respect for this Vikings team, and I'm warning everybody. This arena is a tough place to go in and win a football game. The Giants couldn't do it first time. We'll see what happens tomorrow. But what are you seeing with the money, lad?
7: Well, right now, I mean, I think you're seeing a lot of shops right now have moved the line from three down to two and a half. Right now at Circus Sports, we're still at a three, but uh, but it's Double juiced on on the on the Giants side, so you can get plus three minus one twenty. Uh, Vikings are are minus three at even. So we've seen the same thing that that the market's seen. It's really been all Giants money at at, at this point. I think some of this has to do with this is an anti-Minnesota play. Remember, I would say you know, over the course of the last six weeks of the season. Um, there weren't a lot of uh, Viking fans. There's not a lot of Viking money. People thought that Vikings might have been the worst team, the way they've been playing. They've been so lucky, and I think we're seeing that. So your point's very valid about going up to Minnesota to have to play the game, but, but right now it's been all Giants money so far. Mike, your thought on this game?
8: I want to ask you a question, Brad, because sure. you said this when the Raiders played there, the height of that and the skull and how intimidating... Do you think it's an advantage that the Giants already played in Minnesota this year and got used to that atmosphere? Remember, that was the standalone early game on Christmas Eve.
2: Uh, That's a very, very good point, Mike. But uh, you still have to deal on third down and eight you're still going to have to deal with that noise in there. You have to get over it. Everybody has to hear the audibles on the outside. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult to play in there. So even though you do have the experience, like playing in snow and wind, okay, you've been in it. You're aware of what it's like, but that doesn't mean that you can overcome it. Now, the Vikings, Mike, have won 11, game, 11 games by eight points, or fewer okay now obviously that doesn't hold up year to year and I think that's why a lot of people don't respect this this football team they have a group of veterans five or six I can't remember they all won't be back next year Um, this team is getting a little bit older and uh, and we shall see but but even when you experience it it doesn't mean you can conquer the sound in Minneapolis
8: I make the counter-argument here, Brennan. I'm not advocating a play on the Giants at two and a half. I thought three was worth a play because it's probably a one-possession game. But look at the coaching matchup. You know, it's Dable's first year, but he's made almost no mistakes in game management, fourth down decisions, review decisions, managing the clock. And I still think O'Connell leaves something to be desired Um, You know, they run fourth and one and two and they run these long pass patterns and don't complete it You saw the debacle at the end of the first half against the Bears where he was so concerned to give Nathan Peterman the ball back With 15 seconds left, they couldn't even get the field goal off And in that first game, you know The Giants have won by winning the turnover battle all year and not turning the ball over They lost the turnover battle in that game They played from behind the whole game and we're still a 61-yard field goal away from sending it to overtime So those are just some of the arguments for the Giants Yeah, listen Brian Dayball has done a great job, Mark.
2: I absolutely agree with you with what he's accomplished with the, with the Giants. And, and they certainly have a chance because of the coaching staff in there. But I would not count Kevin O'Connell out. Um, I think overall, listen, if this was in New York, I'd be all over the Giants. And, and of course, it wouldn't be the Giants catching three. We understand that. I'd be all over the Giants if it wasn't in Minneapolis. This arena is going to present a problem in that game tomorrow. Now, the other two games, uh, quickly, Derek, any big action on Cincinnati or Buffalo? Both are at
7: home tomorrow. Yeah, we, we see nothing but uh, Ravens money that's come in and nothing but Bills money so far.
2: Uh, all right, guys, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>
0: This is Brent Musburger's Countdown to Kickoff on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Well, a reminder, if you're looking for that betting edge, VEASAN's experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Special introductory price of $9.99. Get access to the best betting talent in the game. You get everything that we do to make you a better sports better, including our exclusive betting splits from DraftKings, showing you where the percentage of money and wagers on major markets are moving in real time. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe. Speaking of DraftKings... Johnny Avello joining us, and look who's here in studio at the South Point. My old buddy, Vinny Maiolo. Vinny, how are you? V San Vinny, everybody. Johnny, it's <laughs> nice to have him back. You know what I'm saying?
9: I know exactly what you mean. <laughs>
2: how you
10: boys? Good to be here, Brent. Good to ha- have you here in, uh, in studio with us and uh, always enjoy. I know, and I brought you a little present. <laughs> Chrissy sent <laughs> it over. Chrissy sent it over. Vinny hands it to me, the exactus,
2: you know? And I'm looking right here at the Bills. Over the 49ers, 10 to 1. That's the favorite there, right there. Okay. Uh, Johnny, here we are starting wild card weekend. Uh, we are a short time away from the opening kickoff out in San Francisco. The weather not as bad as was reported during most of the week. However, what uh, what are we seeing at DraftKings with Seattle in Santa Clara to play the 49ers?
9: Well, so far, Brent, it's been a huge betting game. Uh Good action on both sides we open nine and a half we haven't moved off of that uh the total though is getting hit pretty hard on the under uh i know that the reports are better but from what i'm seeing there's going to be some rain up there at some point during that game maybe you know later in the first half and if that's the case i think whoever scores first maybe has an advantage in this one. So uh, I don't know if the coaches play it that way. But I know if I was a coach, I'd try to get on the board as early as possible. Uh, one other bet that's taken most of the action, I'd say 80% is 49ers money line. Uh, they, they believe that the 49ers will win this game by s- some amount, whether it's one or, or 50
2: of your thoughts on this opener?
10: Yeah, I think what's interesting about this, Brent, is there's some pretty respected opinions that it came in on the dog here. You know, here at South Point, the game opened 10-and-a-half. They took 10-and-a-half, and they took 10. And uh, even this morning, there was some Seahawk money mm-hmm. line action. You know, it's very difficult for a team to, to sweep a team during the course of the season. You always uh, pointed that out, uh, you know, over the years. And, again, it, it, so that's happening here. Um, you know, I think if you're concerned, to uh, from a 49er perspective, right, you're giving up a lot of points, a and, and, in a playoff game. Now, Brock Purdy's done a great job, and but he's, this is a playoff game. This is a different setting. Now, what's different, though, for him, what I think benefits him, is the fact that even though he doesn't get hit during practice, he does go up against a terrific defense. So maybe that's a bit of an equalizer here. I think there'll be some 49er money that does come in as we get closer to kickoff. But uh, some pretty respected opinions have uh, come in on the dog so far.
2: And then, uh, Johnny, the nightcap. NBC will have it. The Chargers go into Jacksonville to play the uh, Jaguars, and uh, Jaguars showed. I think the Jaguars were like two and seven at one point. It's mm-hmm. remarkable that they're in the playoffs. Um, what are we seeing action across the country with the Chargers and the Jaguars?
9: Yeah, you know, Vinny mentioned uh, you know newbie quarterbacks. Here we got a couple of newbie quarterbacks again. Um, they like the they like the Jags in this one, even though the Jags won the. The early season opener by a pretty good margin. And that one, Trevor Trevor Lawrence was brilliant. And, uh, you know, Justin Herbert was not. Uh, That was a game where two quarterbacks were just, uh, you know, showing off. But one wasn't and the other one was. And they think uh, the Jags are going to win this one again. So we opened two and a half. We went as low as a pick. Uh, We're back to two and a half. There's still money now coming back on the Jags again. So the game's been bet good both ways, but most of the money is on the Jags.
10: Yeah, Brent here we, uh, we we used pick on this opener and early in the week it toggled back and forth between uh, pick and, and Chargers once so early money came in on the Chargers probably thinking too that uh, Williams was going to play even you know we got hurt last week and of course now we know he's out uh, but the game has been driven back up to two and a half here at South Point. What's interesting is it's about current form too right what a difference Johnny mentioned the earlier season uh, game in Los Angeles you know Chargers were seven point favorite in that game but obviously now uh, you know these two teams are much closer here. I think there's two things you're looking at here. If you like a quarterback edge, possibly uh, in, in in current form, it goes to the Chargers. But the coaching edge, I think, goes to the Jaguars, which I think is compelling, and I think that'll help uh, drive some people's decisions. Now the
2: final of that game was 38 to 10. Mm-hmm. I, I want to point out a huge negative about the Chargers. I couldn't believe it. Uh, John Breach does a great job at CBS Sports. Had this stat. During the regular season, the Chargers surrendered a total of 146 yards per game on the ground, Mm. but they gave up an average of 5.4 yards per carry. And John points out that wasn't just the most in the NFL – it was the most by any team in the National Football League since 1959. Wow. Uh, you know, I don't know if the Jaguars can, can muster any kind of a, a running game today, but that is a huge negative stat for a team, uh, a team in the playoffs. All right, let's, let's jump across to Sunday. And, uh, Johnny, what are we seeing? Uh, Miami's at Buffalo. Giants are in Minneapolis to play the Vikings. And the Ravens are in Cincinnati to play the Bengals. What are we seeing on the three-pack for tomorrow?
9: Well, the first game, the Bills, you know, they took it. They, they were waiting to see what the quarterback situation was for Miami. And then when Tua was, Tia was out, uh, they just drove this line all the way up to thirteen and a half. There's not a lot of Dolphin money here. I think anybody wants to bet the Dolphins is waiting to see 14, and they might see it by tomorrow. Uh, the Giant game, there's a lot of talk out there that, you know, the Giants are live in this one. I wouldn't disagree with that. But, uh you know, the the Giants, if you can prepare for the Giants, you know exactly what they're gonna do. So we do have mostly Giant money, but we haven't gotten off into three. Uh the Ravens Cincinnati, very similar to the Dolphins Bills game. You know, open six and a half. It was a wait and see, is Jackson gonna play? When he when it was known that he wasn't line got driven up to eight and a half. Now at eight and a half, there is a little bit of Ravens. Uh, money showing up, but we're still high on the Bengals and gonna need the Ravens by game time. That's my belief.
10: Yeah, Brent. You know, today lights the fuse, right? These two exactly. games today. So going into that game tomorrow, I think Johnny's uh, uh, spot on with what we may see. 14. I think that's what more season betters, professional betters, are looking for to get two uh, full touchdowns with the Dolphins. Again, perceptions, reality to a lot of uh, a lot of betters out there, more casual fans, and they're looking at the quarterback mismatch really in in this one here. Um, you know, Moore could say that it was a playoff game last week. It was, but uh, it was uh, not going against the high-powered offense uh, that the Bills. Present. two-way action on the Giants game here at South Point you know here mm-hmm. uh, we don't go uh, we don't move the money on three so what we're gonna uh, focus on tomorrow is that the Vikings don't win the game by exactly three lay in two and a half with the Vikings and taking three with the Giants and as far as the Ravens Bengals go um, initial money came in on the Ravens then with the quarterback situation there the game got goddess uh, we opened seven uh, was down to six and a half got as high as nine and a half and now pretty steady stream of um, you know more respected opinions coming in taking points value uh, with the points uh, in a playoff game here down to eight and a half here at South point.
2: And then uh, Johnny on Monday night, uh, we have the final wild card game. It's down in Tampa, another rematch. The Bucks beat the Cowboys in the season opener. Uh, Are folks waiting to bet the Monday night game or have they already attacked it?
9: Oh, they've attacked it, Brent. Uh, You know, (laughs) our betters believe that it's TB time. And uh, you know, that's yet to be seen. There's been, a lot of TV time in the past. Can he do it again this year? You know the team doesn't look like they're gelling, but you can't put anything by this guy. So for game one for them in the playoffs, the uh, the betters are siding with uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay and TB.
10: Here we are. Well, a replay of Week One. Except that game was in Dallas, and you know the uh, the Bucks were about a two point favorite right. there, Brent. Right now we've got the Cowboys uh, open three. They took the three. I think it was a play on the number two and a half. Here's the thing about this game. We're, we're, I can tell you right now, there's, this game is minus-minus right now for us because everything is going to be going to this game. So mm-hmm. what what happens today and what happens tomorrow is really going to impact this number two somewhat, but it's still the key number, right? So, uh, again, we, we won't move off of the three if it gets there, but uh, it's going to be interesting. To see. This is going to be a great two-way betting game. I think it's phenomenal, too, the way the schedule set up this week where we've got this one as the uh, the last game of this first playoff weekend? I would have been behind
2: the Cowboys, but there's two stats that I think are really working against them. Number one, Dak Prescott has been a turnover machine yeah. down the stretch. He missed four games this season. He has 15 interceptions this year, which ties him for the league lead. And the other thing, folks, and look it up. Look it up. The Cowboys have not played well on grass mm-hmm. this year. Just as kind of Little things, Johnny, that, uh, that that empty my
9: wallet. You know what I mean, my friend? <laughs> yep. Hey, and every little bit of handicap and every little bit of information helps, Brent.
10: And we know you're going to be in action on this one, Brent, too. I know oh, you're yeah. going to watch that line very closely. I was looking for what DraftKings of the South Point <laughs> had to say on this, you know, trying
2: to pick up pick up a little insight. But uh, but Johnny put his key at Tom Brady. He's never yeah. lost. It's 7-0 yeah. historically against, against the, the Cowboys. Cowboys. Huh? There you go. A good start. Come on, my man. Hey, Johnny, we'll uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow before the triple header here on Countdown. Thanks again for your help and Davini. Great checking in with you good again, to my see friend. You, buddy. Good Happy to see New Year. You. Happy New Year. Okay, we continue.
11: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
0: This is Brent Musburger's Countdown to Kickoff on VEASAN. The Sports Betting Network.
2: Uh, well, before you make your next wildcard playoff bet, go to vsin.com and check the betting splits data. Okay, DraftKings updates that about every 10 minutes. Find out around the country where most of the bets are headed for, and that includes the spreads. But then take a look at the money column because you want to see where the big money is falling. Betting splits, another way v here makes you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game. Go to vsin.com Look who I found. Been looking for all season long. You know what I mean? And... She's whisked away off, off doing games for ESPN. Stormy Bonatone checks it. Oh, wearing San Francisco red. You what know else it. would I expect? I you? had to. With I the playoffs to. about to begin, how are you, Stormy? Happy New Year! Thank
12: you. You too. i missed you because I, you, like you said, I've just been traveling every weekend. So now I finally get to see you in the flesh. You're not too cool for me today. I'm oh, very excited. Great.
2: Did you give the nine
12: and a half? What? Oh, I laid it. Okay. I laid it, and I—I I know a lot of sharp money has come in on Seattle this morning, but i am not saying smart money because I think this is going to be all San Francisco. I very, very, very firmly believe in it. I got—I have so much invested in this game, Brent. Whether it's from—I uh, took the spread, I have them in a teaser, brought it down to minus three, I have props involved, and so this is either going to be a really good day or a really bad day for me. So we'll see how things uh, play. You're out.
2: looking past the fact that you've got a rookie quarterback. Nicknamed Mr. Irrelevant, going up against Pete Carroll.
12: I think we need to change it to solid as a Brock. He's been playing great, okay? Like, I like that. I love solid me some as Brock a Brock. I'll take that. <laughs> huh?
2: it's, it's very interesting. And uh, 5 0, oh, I believe he is, as a starter, the third quarterback that you have used this year uh, with the uh, 49ers. What's interesting, going to be interesting to me, though, if he ever falls back by two scores, nine points, 10 points. Because then, as Shanahan can start this game and he can run the ball, Mm -hmm. the Seahawks have a terrible time defending the run. So you know what's going to happen. And Christian McCaffrey, what a great pickup that was for the Niners.
12: He's been incredible. Um, Like, yards from scrimmage since we got him in week seven has been the most in NFL history, the way that he's come on Mm -hmm. into a new team. And it's been really fun to watch. Like you said, Seattle's run defense is very bad. Uh, they really have struggled to tackle. So I hope that's an area that we can take advantage, especially with, we talked about it when I walked in, the weather is not supposed to be as bad as everybody has kind of made it out to be. And you imagine with a stadium that's still on the newer side, the drainage there should be pretty decent as well on that field. So I'm not as concerned about that. Um, I think George Kittle is going to have a good day through the air as well. Matt and Brock's
2: been able to find him.
12: He loves him. Uh, he's had seven touchdowns in the last four games, the way those two have hooked up. And so hopefully a little more of that here today, too.
2: How about game two today? The Chargers in Jacksonville. Do you have any opinion on that?
12: So this is interesting. I'm surprised to see the Chargers get as much love as they have in this spot. Um, I like the way the Jacksonville's played the back half of the season. I know last week they got away with one a little bit to ultimately win the division and win that game. But I really am a fan of Trevor Lawrence and how he's played of late. I didn't have the uh, the tenacity to go ahead and do the money line on Jacksonville here, but I did have them in a teaser, brought them up, took some extra points in the spot, and so that's ah, the way I played this one.
2: That's smart. Yeah. Take the dog and get more points. Yes. Most people take the favorite down, you know. <laughs> I did
12: that a few times this weekend, too, but that's, <laughs> that's the one that I brought up. I brought up uh, Jacksonville, and I brought up the Giants as well.
2: So you're going to go over the Giants tomorrow. And yeah, I, I mean, a,
12: plus nine is a little bit easier than plus three. Yeah, true, But true. both of those teams, Brent, and I heard you um, talking about it a little bit earlier on the program today, just about how close of games that they've played all year oh, long. Yeah. Both teams have all season, and so I feel like this is going to be a one-possession type of a game. So plus nine yeah. felt like a good number to get.
2: And this is going to be the end of a run for the Vikings. They've got about eight guys that uh, could be turned loose because they face a sour cap problem mm-hmm. next year. So we shall see what uh, what happens in, uh, in Minneapolis. I want to go back to your college, uh, covering all those great games yeah. this year. The semifinals were spectacular, okay? But how much of a letdown was that final when TCU refused to show up?
12: It was so disappointing um, because TCU just had such a magical season all year long, exactly. and it was So much fun to follow along and see what Sonny Dykes was able to do in year one. Take a team that was sub 500 the year prior and picked seventh in their own conference let alone to be in a position where they were competing for a national championship. And, I mean, obviously we have to use that word competing a little bit loosely because they weren't able to do anything come game day. Um, So I feel like something that gives me a little bit of cause for concern is that maybe for the 12-team playoff scenario, it's just another reason for people to start yelling about why we shouldn't get more teams in if this is the type of championship matchup we get. But the semis were incredible.
2: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Look – Look who just walked in the door! Look who just
12: walked in! in, Hey, stranger! Hey, hey,
2: hey. it's the man himself, Mr. Vakaro. how are you? It's a you? pleasure to be here with a
4: very good-looking person. Now, who would that be? Mr. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know
2: why you started looking. at Stormy, Happy New Year! Lad. Same to you. Uh, it's a pleasure it's to be good. here,
4: Stormy. As pleasure I always say, you. she does a wonderful job, and oh, uh, she's awesome. you know, she comes from a great family. Oh, they yeah. understand yeah. the Pop,
2: racket pretty good. Pops taught her the difference between you, minus three and plus three. You know it, what I'm saying?
4: You know what I'm going to do because <laughs> I know I've only got a couple minutes here, and you've been. But you guys have been talking about all the games, whatever. Let me say this to all the people out there. I've been in this racket all my life out here. Mm-hmm. So I've seen it from when it was nothing to what it is now. I am still amazed at the growth that could be seen in the next five years. I think we're down to uh, there's 30 teams that still have to, states that want to okay, you know, betting. I was here when I first came to town and lived here permanently. It was just the stardust with Lefty Rosenthal and Bob Martin down at Union Plaza who had casinos, and they started a sports book. I was very fortunate. I got to know Bob Martin very well, and uh, you were afraid of the guy from the stardust. You know. You just, he invited me to lunch twice, and I can remember this like it was yesterday. He would talk like this. It was hard to understand him. You would say, hey, Lefty, Come on, let me hear what you're talking about. But you had to pick up on what he was talking about. He called me for lunch twice. Now the reason he called me because I just we just opened Michael Gone's first uh, sports book at the Royal Inn, which was right down the street from the Stardust. And uh, you know I got a free pass to a degree because if anybody would think Jackie Gone and Michael Gone hired this kid, he must know a little bit about something. So I got a little of like I had to prove myself, but it was there. And the other thing I want to say, it's been so long. Having a close friend like you, it's a privilege. And tell the people out there exactly when you used to come to town and we used to sit down <laughs> in a <the> sports bar <laughs> and say, Jimmy, did that guy just say that? <laughs> Jimmy, did that guy just bet that? You loved
2: it, all right? It's 32 years ago, my friend. It was unbelievable. At the Old Mirage, it yeah. yeah. was my first stop. I'd get into town. i got to go see Jimmy V And I like find that. out what's going on. And yeah. You introduced me to some big-time whales back yeah. in the day. And they used to... What they used to do is they have runners, and Jimmy knew most of them around, and they would be there for the opening of the book. They used to open up around 9 9 Uh o'clock, 9.30, whatever, because these guys want to bet the lines right away, Uh okay? So the basketball guy – he was unbelievable.
4: I'll give you this story when you're ready. Sure.
2: Go ahead and tell us I about could it. I Oh, I'm go. telling you. Nobody has better stories than Everybody
4: that's been in this racket know, obviously, of the Billy Walters with the name, which, obviously, i become friends with also. Uh, there was a guy named Chuck Sharp. His Schwab was his real name, but he called him it Chuck Sharp. He was the greatest NBA player better, especially with the totals than I've ever seen in my life. So every time the kids at the at the Mirage, like when he took his bets, they, they had to move at least, you know, from my instructions, if he comes to makes a bet, move it two points. So me and Brent were eating in the coffee shop one day, and Brent was like, yeah, we're talking about this guy. And then Chuck came in and just sat down, and he, he just wanted to show me what he did. And he gave me a ticket for $33,000 on an NBA game, all right? So Brent was like almost choked on his hamburger, (laughs) and I gave Brent the ticket, and it was just another building block of what you've seen and where it is and what it is. Even with the pandemic, the only thing in the casino that didn't reverse its handle was sports betting because people still loved it, it was a great way out, and as you can see today, you know it's not gonna stop. So I wanted to make sure people understood what it was really like way back when when we hand-wrote tickets, when we had to do things you know, a certain way. Now, and let me be very clear with this, because I got nothing to lose and Michael's not gonna throw me out on the street. <laughs> We've been infiltrated by a lot of people now with the opening of sports betting across the country. There's a lot of things I like about the new wave, and there's still a lot of things I don't like about the new wave. So, Thank you for letting me vent myself.
2: Out before you leave, Stormy, who would you pick besides the 49ers to win the Super Bowl? I know if I ask you who do you think is going to win it, mm. we're headed. So let's eliminate the 49ers. Let's I would go take Buffalo. the bias. Buffalo. I'd go Buffalo.
12: Yeah, okay. if, I had, if I had to pick, I feel like they've had something kind of magical coming together. Um, I mean, obviously, we know everything that happened right. with DeMar Hamlin, mm-hmm. but it feel it just has that feel like things could come together for them at the right time. And overtime rules have changed, so that helps. Oh, yeah, they get to touch the football, you (laughs) know?
2: Yeah, the overtime rules are entirely – Now, I'll tell you what might change with overtime this year as a result of that. Given the past rules, everybody who won the coin flip won the football because if you score a touchdown, Mm -hmm. as Kansas City did, game over. I believe now in overtime, in a playoff game, you'll kick off, Okay. Like the colleges, mm-hmm. they go on defense right away. I think there will be an enormous change. Yes. And uh, we'll probably get, Jimmy, we'll probably get a playoff game this weekend. You know, one of them, one of them, these games will be close.
4: Yeah, it, it really is. And, and you're right. It's like everything else where you just said Brent, uh, Brent makes a lot of sense. When I tell people this. It's a new ball game. It's a new way of doing business. Check the rules for the plate <laughs> that you bet at.
2: Thank you, Jimmy. No doubt. Stormy, thank you so thank much. Thank you. Go 49ers. So long, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>
0: If you dare.
6: Mo Play.